National Fire Radio. National Fire Radio presents. I wish my head could forget what my eyes have seen. Ten years ago, the groundbreaking firefighting movie burned took audiences closer than they'd ever been. Into the fires and into the lives of the men who fight them. Ten years in the making, the long-awaited follow-up is finally here. The workload has increased and manpower has decreased. Burn X explores stories and characters you've never seen before and continues the journey for many of the Detroit firefighters you met in the first film. Fire class, 2019. Yes, Order your two-disc ultimate edition of Burn X on DVD and Blu-ray at burnstore.com or get it for streaming and download on iTunes, Apple TV, Amazon, Google Play, and Voodoo. What is a man's worth that doesn't make the world a better place? into the daily episode real quick i want to talk about the tin of the month club from taylor's tins national fire radio is the tin of the month for december 2022 right now our tiller time logo is going out the door from taylor for the tin of the month club thirty dollars for the tin five dollars of every tin goes to an organization of our choice we chose the joey d foundation the lieutenant joseph p d bernardo memorial fund they are doing incredible things their mission is to give back to our own through firefighter escape systems firefighter safety and survival training and lectures it's an incredible organization so i need your help after the podcast go to taylorstins.com order the tin of the month thirty dollars you can put it in a stocking wrap it up as a gift or just put it up on your shelf knowing that you supported us in an incredible cause so i appreciate you I appreciate you for going after this podcast and ordering a 10 of the month. It means the world to me. Shoot me a DM or an email, nationalfireradio uh, at gmail.com, or send me a DM on social media. Let me know you ordered on. We'll get some swag out in the mail to you, a couple stickers, whatever. We'll get something out the door on top of the tin. So please, let me know you order one. Go to taylorstins.com. Order the 10 of the month club. It's tiller time, baby. It's a beautiful shield going to a good cause. Thank you. Without further ado... The Daily Episode. Hey, everybody. Jeremy National Fire Radio back on the podcast again today. Another excellent guest. Man, I'm the luckiest guy alive. I get to talk to awesome people all over. And part, part of the, the podcast and what's exciting for me is it's not just capturing stories of guys that are riding fire trucks and going to fires every day. And today is a little bit different than what we do from the norm. And today, I got a brother, a fireman of 15 years, Chris Carrero. Chris, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me on, man. Greatly oh. appreciate it. Oh, yeah. excited. Yeah, well, so this is fun, right? And I, I, everybody's like, why did he say that? What's that intro? The intro is very much this. You've been in the fire service and a fireman for 15 years, currently down in Texas. But your background, and I want to hop into how this all played out, but your background is you work for a company called Siddons Martin Emergency Group, which is one of the largest Pierce dealers in the country. You guys are located, um, I know you're in Texas, but you guys cover about five states in the south and southwest. And a lot of National Fire Radio's content has to do with apparatus build. We do our apparatus innovation uh, content, which is sharing tips, tricks, and hacks on how to build fire apparatus. And the reason why I wanted you on today, one, I want to get to know your backstory because you and I have gotten to know each other now. We've talked many times. We've met at a conference a year or two back and then we've stayed in touch we just shot some content together a couple weeks ago and we just just developed a nice friendship and brotherhood and I love it and I started to get your backstory I was like you know what this would make for a great story because part of what I want to do with the platform is literally connecting the brotherhood and talking about all aspects of the job and so today I want to talk your backstory I want to talk about apparatus I want to talk about the importance of those tips tricks and hacks and our apparatus innovation content because, frankly, your job right now with Siddons Martin is sales support manager, right? Yeah. I get that? Okay. So not yep. every dealer has this position, and this is a newer position for you as well, no? Yes. Yeah, new position for the company, brand new position. Um, but the whole idea is to build a better fire truck. So that's the mission. So let's talk about that a little bit because, you know, hey, I'm building a truck. I call the regional salesman. The salesman from my territory comes in. We sit down. We determine what brand we want to focus on now. When it's an open competitive bid, we got to allow for different uh, companies to bid on the project, depending on what type of district and municipality you are and all these rules that go into that. But I'm going to put all that to the side, and I'm going to say if I'm dealing with – 
Pierce Manufacturing sit-ins. I want you guys, uh, this is the, the apparatus that I'm looking for. Why is your position important? What is this sales support manager's responsibility? So, um, like I said earlier, the whole mission of my job is build a better fire truck, right? Add that value. And uh, we have we have a bunch of great sales reps across our territories. But you and I have talked about this before. The The fire apparatus market is regionalized. The East Coast doesn't necessarily do what the West Coast does. The Midwest doesn't necessarily do what the, what the South does. So with my background being at the factory for a couple of years, plus just my passion for the trucks and my exposure to all of our states, I'm able to help our sales reps with um, technical questions that they have. Hey, have we done this before? Can I do that? Uh, very high level stuff, but being able to provide the value to them so they can provide the value to the customer and ultimately get what they're looking for. Because, you know, firefighters, they really, they like their trucks very specific, you know, specific to accomplish a mission or um, an operational goal that they have for the department. And that all hinges on the fire truck. Yeah. Having it the way they want it. Well, and I think what's interesting, too, about that conversation, and, and you alluded to being at the factory, and, you know, it should be said that you originally worked for Pierce, and I want to get into that story, too, before you went and, and went off with sit-ins and so on. But I think what's important, and this is what I recognized very early on with our social media content and the apparatus innovation content in particular, is that how we do it in North Jersey, in New Jersey, or New York, or New England— or the Northeast is very different than how it's done in California or Iowa or Alaska or Hawaii or Florida. And there's no real platform out there that shares these different ideas. I mean, here in New Jersey, I might be, our department might be looking for a fix on some small little issue with our apparatus where we're like, man, we're just trying to pack this line better or put, I really wish we had a discharge here or do something like that. And there's no way to really... Um, categorize or find content that represents what we're looking for ideas that are done elsewhere. And what I'm getting at is, is somebody in Kentucky might've figured out a way to do something that I'm trying to figure out. And through national fire radios content, the apparatus innovation content in particular tips, tricks, and hacks. That's what I call it. And, and that is how we can share how we are all doing it across the industry. It doesn't mean that one way is better than the other. It's what fits for you because frankly, Right, Chris? Fire apparatus, for the most part, are custom. Absolutely. Yeah, you hit, you hit it spot on. There's There right now is, I think your platform is the only real way to share the ideas of design and operational benefits of the apparatus throughout the, the country. Um, you know, when you're talking about that, really the only way currently for you to go find new designs aside from being on social media is going to the factory and not every customer gets to go to the factory ahead of time. You know, normally the process is you buy the truck, then you go to the factory. And that initial visit is kind of the shopping spree, so to say, so to speak. Yeah. It, um, and that's yeah. where you see only a snapshot. It's not even the full, it's not the full gamut. It's just a snapshot of those trucks at that time in production. And what so, I and what I found very early on is even manufacturers, you you guys represent Pierce, the Pierce line, right? Even Pierce, because of how you're Chris, how you're building a truck for one of your customers in Texas might be different than what they're doing somewhere else. And so there's no way in the Pierce network, even of salespeople, to know every little nuance or different design trick that's being done throughout Pierce manufacturing as an, as a whole, as a company. Right. So, right. Yeah. So, I mean, what I, what I love just a little, little thing here, what I love about our guys and about the Pierce network and just in general, our industry is you're always learning. We have guys that have been selling for 20 years and they are still learning about the trucks each and every day because it's ever evolving. And, and as apparatus, you know, as, as sales reps for Pierce, we have to stay on top of it. Um, and that's kind of why I'm here as well as I'll push some information and content design to our team to make sure they're staying up to speed with, Hey, you know, like for example, Seattle just came out with this great carbon, carbon dioxide truck. You know, every major city is going to want to look at that because of the electrification initiative that is going out throughout 
all of our vehicles, all of our homes. I mean, those, those fires are going to be able to, they're going to need to be contained. And that truck there is a perfect example of the next asset that each city is going to buy. So pushing that out to the team and showing them, Hey, this is out there. Make sure you stay up to speed with it. Here are the specs, the drawing. If you have any questions, let me know. And, and that's going from a, a six month guy to a 25 year guy. And that's, and that's where you now fall in, right? Because that's what a sales support manager does then, right? So the, right. the creation of this job truly is similar to our apparatus innovation content. It's, it's kind of the same, right, Chris, where you are sharing the new, the ideas, how things are being done, different opportunities, different ways of doing things. You're educating your own people, which then makes for a better consumer because your salespeople are then educating firefighters about options that they might have that they didn't know before. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's building that better fire truck. And I'm, I'm passionate about fire trucks. Um, you know, my, my background being at Pierce and, you know, starting, starting very young in the fire service in Pennsylvania, living at a firehouse. Like I just, I built that passion for, okay, how can I build, how can I help build the best fire truck out there for department ABC? You know, that's, that's, and it's, it's a challenge. If you haven't, if you've never specced an apparatus and you can attest to this, it, the, the process is, is unlike any other. And it's daunting. It's very daunting. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you look at, you look at a line sheet, you see 500 lines in there and you just, you almost freeze up. You, it's just paralysis by so much information all at once. So having that ability to, to even teach, Hey, here's how this process works. I mean, at some point we'll get to that. Um, I think right now my main focus is building that better fire truck, getting the information out to our sales guys, um, just from my background and experience. Yeah, that's fun. I mean, so talk a little bit about your experience then, because I mean, you know, you alluded to it. I know uh, you went to school in Pennsylvania. You had the opportunity to be a live-in member at a fire company uh, uh, while you were in college, right? Talk to me a little bit about that experience, yep. because did you were you a fireman? I mean, did was being a fireman early on in your life something that, you know, stood out to you? Yeah, definitely. So firefighting's been in, just like most of us, firefighting's been in the family in some former fashion across a few generations. For myself, my grandfather and my, my father were firefighters. Uh, grandfather in the Armory, my father was a volunteer firefighter in Cherry Hill uh, before they went full-time mm. long time ago. Um, and so that kind of, you know, it's in my blood. We lived right across the street from a firehouse growing up uh, at a small little town, West Bradford, Pennsylvania, uh, just outside of Westchester, PA. Um, so when I was 14, I knew I wanted to go up there. I started running with West Bradford. Um, obviously when you're that young, you're not doing anything but training, constantly training, training, training. And so as I trained, as the years went on through uh, senior in high school, I realized that, you know, fire trucks, I love them. I want to stay with this product. I think it's the best thing out there. How can I merge those two together? So when I went to school at Penn state, I studied mechanical engineering and the goal coming out of high school was. I want to work for a fire truck manufacturer. That's, That's cool. the goal. Yeah. Um, so started schooling at Penn State, and then I got hooked up with the Alpha Fire Company, um, which I believe is one of the best best firehouses out there, period. Uh, there's just a culture unlike any other. Um, I had a great time with the Alpha. They have three stations. Uh, one was uh, one's right next to the university, so that's where I spent most of my time. Um but it is one of those companies that I want to go see firsthand. And yeah. I want to do some content on live in programs. I've talked to a couple guys across the country now that manage live in programs and, and alpha is certainly one of those that I want to get to. I just haven't been there. I, I've made a lot of contacts there, people that know people, et cetera. So I do want to get there, but I might lean on you for that one too, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, I think live in sidebar live in programs, mm. one of the best things out there. And, and if, if you're not doing one and you're near a college or you're near just a big city in general, man, you got to start. It's yeah. uh, it provides great value uh, and, and great value, great, great networking opportunities. But anyway, back to our conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, so lived at the firehouse, joined mechanical engineering with a co-op at Pierce. So initially I interviewed with Oshkosh Corp. If you don't know Oshkosh Corporation, it owns Pierce. Uh, they're a subsidiary of, of Oshkosh. So I got an internship 
uh, offered to me by uh, Oshkosh to go to JLG, which is a lift manufacturer in Pennsylvania. And I initially up front, I told him, look, I want to work at Pierce. Like, this is the only place I want to work. Yeah. So, um, you know, I turned that down. I turned down that internship, which at the time was a first internship for me. And I decided a few months later just to cold call the factory up at, uh, in Appleton and said, hey, my name's Chris. I love fire trucks. I'm going to school for mechanical engineering, blah, blah, blah. And I actually got a, a six-month co-op out of it. Nice. So that's how I started in Pierce. I was a, a cab intern, cab engineering intern. After college, graduated, moved up there, started designing rescue trucks. There for three years, designing rescue trucks. My subset specialty was all the, all the specialized systems, cranes, breathing air, hydraulic rescue tools, auxiliary hydraulic drive circuits, all the weird stuff Yeah, I was, I was a part of for the rescue group. And here and there, designed a few trucks, but mostly those special systems. And there I grew, grew the love for the, you know, more fire trucks, especially the rescues. I'm definitely a rescue guy. Sure. You know, uh, no, no hoses for me. I'd rather be on ropes. Well, listen, man, um, well, you're out of your mind. I mean, that, that's crazy, but uh, we, yeah, we can talk about that another time. My point is, yeah. is that rescues, rescues certainly offer the most intricate systems when it comes to apparatus on the fire ground, other than special apparatus, right? Like rescue, rescues bring forth so many complexities in the build. And I, I think that's where somebody like yourself, who was so entrenched at the factory and then being able to bring your experience and the, the background knowledge of the systems and the builds out to the customer, because, you know, building rescue companies, building rescue trucks, man, it is a massive undertaking, and that spec is typically much larger than your than your engine or aerial spec. Absolutely, yeah. And with a rescue truck, it's different. You have to start instead of starting with the truck. You really have to start with what equipment are you carrying, what missions are you serving, and then building the truck around that equipment. We've worked with Magnolia Fire Rescue down in the Houston area. Uh, the Woodlands has a Gosh, just an amazing rescue yeah, truck. I know you've seen, seen it. it. Yep, yep. I'm a huge fan of that truck. Um, but yeah, all those are really designed around the equipment first. What are we carrying? What do we need to carry? And then build the truck around that. So yeah, the uh, the subset specialty systems on the rescues, not every sales rep will sell a, a big, complex, heavy rescue like that, which is part of the reason that I'm in the role I'm in, is to bridge that gap and make sure that those guys are still selling the customer uh, designs that are going to work for them down the road. Yeah, I, I think what's interesting about the conversation, too, is that as firefighters, we tend to think we know what everything, you know, we know everything. And when it comes to yeah. apparatus build, I mean, I've sat on so many apparatus committees and I know what my forte is and I know what it's not and what my what my strong points are not is when it comes to gearing, transmission, motor, things like that. And I refer to a bunch of other guys that I've had the fortunate ability to sit on these uh, panels with, these these apparatus committees. And I'm more of a function, storage, uh, application type guy, but not the not the mechanicals, if you will, right? It's just not my strong right. point. And, and so I recognize that. And when you put together a committee to build apparatus, whether volunteer or career, there has to be a good representation of the necessities of, of what this truck's going to do. And I think you hit on a very good point is that you have to understand the process and what this truck's fu main functions are and then design the vehicle around that. But where I'm going with that is that it takes leadership to be disciplined to know what you what you're good at and what you're not and apparatus builds when you're talking apparatus over uh, upwards of over a million dollars we owe it to ourselves and the taxpayers for sure to make sure that that apparatus represents accurately what we need and want and we can't pretend that we know more about apparatus build if you don't have any background or history and so for you and your people it's so important to work hand in hand with these committees to make sure that they're getting the most out of their build. Absolutely. And the, and the dialogue starts with just being, being willing to ask the question. Yes. Being willing to ask for help because you, you and I know, you know, the fire service, we, we strongly believe things um, should be done a certain way. And, and we, we hardly deviate from those beliefs, but take us, take half a second to, to ask, somebody who's really knowledgeable about the process or the product 
hey, what do you think about this? Could you help me? Um, my, my fire department in Wisconsin, um, every so often, they're building a truck right now, but one of the guys on the committee will just send the spec my way and I'll just give him my, my opinion, you know, hey, mate, you might want to look at this versus that. Uh, and, and it's all there to build a better fire truck, but historically, I mean, they're, they're right at Pierce, uh, historically, they've had guys on the committee and on the department that they'll reach out to and say, hey, have you seen this? What do you recommend? Um, and, and that builds a better fire truck in the end. 100%. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I think that we have to let our guard down just a little bit to, to admit when we don't know something. And when you're talking about, say, you know, rescue apparatus, which is your forte, like there's so many systems and things that have to happen and redundancy built in and switching and wiring and amperage and, uh, you know, I, I you can't know it all as a committee and you need to lean on partners in the industry to help you build and design something that is fairly going to represent what you need. It's just, it's, yeah. cr- it's critical. And I, I find so many apparatus committees don't take the time to ask questions or to, or to be honest with themselves to say, man, I don't know if that's what we need or want. Like this is, this is the functionality of what we need out of this apparatus, but we got to make sure that how that's built and designed represents that. And I don't think we have enough honest conversations with ourselves. And also I think we lean too much on one salesman for builds too. I think that impartial, you know, being a little bit impartial on your builds at least provides a little bit, uh, of a of a, a accurate picture as to the potential or possibilities that are out there, and when you lock into one right up front, you can sometimes be jaded in your decision making. So I just think it's important to see what's out there. Do your own education. Find salespeople that you trust. Find an organization that is uh, you know uh, honorable and and will do the do the right thing for the client. That's the most important thing, Chris. Right. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree. At the end of the day, you have to uh, you have to advocate for your department, like you were saying. You have to be right for the for the taxpayers, um, and make sure that you're building that truck that's going to ultimately serve you for ten, twenty years down the road. Yeah. So from Penn State to Wisconsin, and now you live in Texas. You got a big yes, belt. You got you wear big belt buckles. You got boots. Yep. You're Boots. squared away. You say, sir. Big hat. I mean, all these, all these, there's so much I love about Texas, I'll be honest with you, and those are a lot of them. I'll be honest with you. Um, I'll tell ha- you that the, one, yeah, the one thing, everything is bigger in Texas, <laughs> and the fire trucks down here are top notch. I, I always refer to this area to, for Texas as like the gold mine of fire trucks. There's just so many unique fire trucks down here. The volume of fire trucks is just is so much more than what I've experienced in the, in the places that I've lived. Yeah. Um, it's, it's fun. You're talking about an area that is growing at a rapid pace. You're seeing new fire departments. I mean, new departments popping up, new companies, new stations, new apparatus. I mean, I, we've gotten to know a lot of people in Texas over the last few years, you know, and, um, and being able to see, the rapid growth down there. I mean, they're literally opening up firehouses like every other week down there in all areas of Texas because of such a widespread growth. And so, and the market's huge, right? Because it's like the, I don't know what, second largest state, I think, in the country. And so, yeah. you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of real estate and mileage that needs to be covered by fire apparatus. So you guys certainly have your hands full down there. And I know Siddons is such a large company. Siddons Martin is such a large company, Right. When you got down there, I mean, what was what, what? How did they get you away from Pierce? Like, were they like, "Hey, we need you to come down here. Everything's bigger and better in Texas. Get your ass down here. Get rid of the get rid of the snow and come to the sun." Yeah, well, pretty much it was it was more of a personal decision than anything. Um, I I was just getting cold up in Wisconsin. I mean, the Wisconsin <laughs> winter is tough. Literally, not at not everybody can do it um, yeah. you know they they can do it up there really well but i just wasn't born for that level of cold gotcha and uh, i really wanted to get into the field and and what i call play with fire trucks which is essentially get out with our customers um operate the vehicles you know see them on the ground at the fire station you know i really wanted to to get out behind that desk yeah and so that's why i ultimately made the move but uh just coming down to to siddons martin in texas it is I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what I didn't know. But now that I'm here, um, 
one of the biggest dealerships in the country, regardless of brand. Uh, we have 22 service centers. Wow. We cover a just a laundry list of different products and parts from Skeeter, EVS, which is based out of Houston, Global ARF, which goes globally for ARF sales and service. Um, our loose equipment division now is just exploding. And then to back all that up, um, poly, you know, poly install and, um, and, and when your truck needs to get serviced or uh, a repair to body shop, yeah, uh, we're just, we're just exploding with growth. Yeah. And well, in the market, the market drives that, right. But you guys are an aggressive dealership. You guys have located 22 service centers. I mean, that just tells you that the scale of this company. And so I think what's fun with that, right, is that when you have a company of, of such size like that, it offers sometimes more opportunities. This is like a bigger fire department, right? A bigger fire department allows for more movement because there's more positions, more unique positions that need to be filled. I think it's exciting that they created a new position for you, that sales support manager. What did that conversation look like? Like, how did how did that come about? Because it's not every day that companies are are creating new positions in a support in a support role. So that means that the management then at Siddons Martin absolutely recognizes the importance of staying current, staying up to date, and educating their salespeople. How did that whole formulation of that position come about, and what's the idea behind it? So really, the they saw a need to to add that next level of support to the sales reps that could, you know, be our, our internal rep. Cause Pierce, Pierce has a bunch of different dealerships to field, you yes. know, and, and for the more technical questions, obviously we lean on the factory to get those answered. Um, you know, they have, they have the resources, all the resources to do the job, but on a, on a dealership level let's say that we have a question that hey maybe the factory the factory could answer but so could somebody internally um our sales reps they have a lot to do right so sure instead of having to lean on the factory and wait for the factory to get through their queue of helping everybody in in the country why not lean on this position first and maybe get that question answered so that they can keep rolling. You know, momentum is a big thing um, just on a project. You and I both know that. Oh, yeah. So why why hold that momentum for a couple of days or, you know, hours or whatever it needs to be for that, that question, that critical question to be answered and then start moving forward? Um, and, and that's big even in front of a customer, you know. When you're designing a truck, you want to be able to, I mean, the ideal setting is designing it in one setting. Um, because it takes five to six hours and then you want to come back to it and review the spec again. Well, if there's a critical question that starts with the initial configuration that can't be answered, um, you know, we saw a need, the Sid and Martin saw a need that, hey, we need to be able to have somebody there to answer that question. Yes. So I'll get questions, I'll get calls from guys time and time again, they're in with customers, hey, we got, we got this big question here that's going to kind of drive us left or right. Can you help real quick? And uh, so, so that was the initial. Yeah, thought. well, it I mean, makes it makes an impact, right? I mean, you know, you, when a sale. See, I think a lot of people, if you've never been involved in the process before either, most salesmen are almost like independent contractors of the dealer because they typically handle like eighty five percent of the build themselves, right? At least the the guys that I know, right? They the dealer absolutely supports them and you know does everything they need, but the salesman literally are doing everything from, you know, uh, getting those drafts redrafted, the, the, the uh, you know, sticky notes and the notes and the, the note-taking, the education. Like, I know the salesman that I've dealt with for many years for apparatus builds that I've been on, he's probably one of the smartest guys I know, and he can rattle off the majority of content and, and, and uh, in facts from his brain because he builds so many trucks and he's just really dialed into the job. I think he's one of the smarter salesmen that I've ever seen in this industry. Right. And so the salesman's responsible for so much of the process, but they can't know it all. And so to have somebody like you in a position that they can lean on, it makes the process simpler and quicker and cleaner because they don't have to go back to the factory on everything they're asking for now. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're just, we're adding that level of support. 
um, that the factory can provide, but we're just adding it at the dealership level to maybe increase the speed of some of the projects. You enjoy it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, I love it. Is this uh, where uh, you wanted to get to? I mean, is this kind of what the thought was? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I get to I get to play with fire trucks every day. I get to help configure them, uh, answer the questions. You know, I, I very much like to be that person that goes and gets the information, sorts it out to what you need and, and give it to you. How do you um, stay, very much like to be that? Person. How do you stay current? I mean, there's so, so much um, there's so much out there. Right. And, there is, and not only do you need to know your own product line, but you really got to know the competitors, too, because customers are going to come at you and your salespeople and ask you like, hey, I got this guy and this guy. What's the difference between you two? Right. Who does this? Who does this? Right. So, like, you really got to be current. Right. How do you find yourself keeping up with all that? I mean, right now, the only way to be current is through social media. You and I have talked about there is sure. no one platform that has all this information in a compiled area. It's coming. So that's you just that's you just visiting <laughs> something. What did you say? I said it's coming. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, if if you want to look at um something, Spartan, Seagrave, you know, uh Four Guys Fire, Rescue One, you, you gotta go to their individual yeah. sites. Yes. Or or the fire department, you might catch wind of a fire department who has purchased that. And obviously when a fire department purchases a truck we love to show everybody right and and i would i would too i mean i love showing off new fire trucks to the surrounding departments in the country and saying, hey look at this you know this is our big beautiful new rescue truck pumper tiller you know um but but that's that's how you have to stay current is you just gotta get behind a computer screen for a few hours and just kind of view what everyone's doing yeah does does pierce internally have somebody say in a kind of a similar position as you that knows the new innovations, the new things that are happening and then how they disseminate the information out to guys like you. I mean, is there a, well, net, uh, is there a network for that? Yeah. Yeah. That they Pierce has uh Pierce has a few personnel that work with the sales reps every day and they are always up to snuff on all the newest information, uh, the newest trends, what they've seen, you know, cause they live it, they live and breathe it every day, yeah. uh, day in and day out at the factory. Sure. So yeah, there's definitely a support network up there that supports the dealerships um, so the dealerships can can support the sales reps. How important is it for the client, the the truck committees, the firefighters, these chiefs, the administration people to be dialed in to understand the importance of the build? Like, what are what are some things that stand out? Like, if is there a couple things that up front you're like, listen, there's a couple things that you need to you need to really focus on or understand um, about the process. I think the first thing is, is what does the process look like? Okay. You know, what we want to buy, we're a brand new committee. We want to buy a new truck. What, what do we need to do? I mean, how do we build a spec? Do, do we have to manually do it? You know, all those questions come up initially. And I think that's the biggest thing is understanding the process and, and each, each manufacturer and each sales reps, each was each manufacturer really has a different process process that they follow through their dealerships um and that's the biggest question right there now when you have a seasoned guy on the committee then it turns to more of okay let's get away from the process because internally the teacher can teach the new guy on the committee then it goes to okay what do we want this truck to look like you know what mission is it serving um and then how do we get the questions that we need answered out of our sales rep yeah the the education piece i mean do you do you tell, I know what happens. You know, okay. Next year we get budgeted. We're going to get budgeted for an engine next year. We're going to get budgeted for the aerial two engines, four and whatever it is, right? Whatever department you're on. How important is it for the committee and the people that are making decisions to go educate themselves first before they even come to the first sit down? I think it's critical. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just like, um, what's a good analogy to use here? It's just like trying to build a house. Right. So you're, you're going to go here. I'm going to start plans to build a house and you're there with the builder and the builder says, Hey, well, okay, what do you want? I don't know. I don't know what I want. Well, you know, for that process to work, you as the builder would have hoped that there was some idea of, okay, I'd like two story. Yeah. Four bedroom, two bath. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. At least have the, the uh, general generalizations of what the truck will look like. And so once you get the generalizations of what the truck looks like, then you get down to the finer details. It's, I like to look at it as like an upside down pyramid. I mean, 
get the basics down first. Type of truck, its mission, what do we want? So if it's a pumper, how many people do we want on it? What size tank? What size pump? Um, is it going to be cross mount or, or side mount? And then from there, start funneling down to the, the basics. Or excuse me, not the basics, but the, uh, the details. You know, what kind of lights do we want on it? Do we want to, what brand scene light manufacturer? Yeah. Do we want gauge A versus gauge B? And then start to start to get down to the nitty gritty from that. But it's absolutely important that you have to, you have to do your research ahead of time. Because if you don't, I, th- I feel like you do yourself a disservice. Because I, down the road in that process, you'll, you'll be like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. I wish I knew about that ahead of time. And your truck's behind you built. Yeah, and then talk to me too about a lot of departments that uh, it's all, it also has to do with staying current. I mean, the, the market changes so fast, it's like technology, right? I mean, things change so fast. And if you built a truck three years ago and you're coming back and you go, yep, I need this, I just, that's what I need, you know? And, and there's no conversation or education on their part to know that's something that there was a, a design change or something a little bit better or, or a new way to do something, I think they're doing a disservice to themselves. And so, you know, it's super important, and I tell everybody that. I get a lot of inquiries and a lot of conversations about building trucks and ideas and thoughts, and, and frankly, I get probably daily DMs and emails from either salesmen or, or salesmen, distributors, or end users, a lot of end users, right, truck committees, hey, I saw something a couple months back, and we're trying to figure this out. Do you have any more of those pictures? Do you have any more of this or that? And and uh, and so on. So we try to help as much as we can. Uh, we do have some things rolling out at the beginning of next year, which or, yeah, the first half of next year, which is going to be a lot of fun, uh, which will help that process in building apparatus. But uh, until that rolls out, you know, we try to do our best. But I would say on social media, bookmark whatever's of interest to you. If you're building an engine and you start seeing some engine content coming out, bookmark it. You can always go back to it, you know. Um, but I think education is so important. I also think, too, understanding that, like, bigger isn't always better and understanding, you know, the, the a little more than just some photos, right, Chris? Like, you know, understand tank size, understand pump size, why you need certain pump, understand gearing, and motor size, like, do you need a 500, for, 500 horse? Do you need a 600? Can you go smaller? Like, and then, and then so on. Because I think you have a duty, right? Like anything else in firefighting, like, you don't just go off and buy hose, or hopefully you don't, or go off and buy nozzles. You're testing them. You're trying them. You're figuring out what works best for you, your flow package, right? So we need to do the same type of job with apparatus builds as well. So what's next for you then in this position as sales support manager, right? Uh, continuing to stay current, working with your working with your salesmen out there and what educate education. I mean, it's just education, education, education. Yep. Yeah. Education, helping out. Uh, the biggest thing I think that we're seeing come down the line is this whole electrification. Okay. What does that look like? Not only from a fire truck, but what do we have to put on the fire trucks to extinguish some of these EV fires? You know, um, people are coming out with uh, extinguishing agents or extinguishing systems to to help that. But what does that look like on the truck side? You yeah. know, I mean, obviously, we, we, we kind of touched on the Seattle truck. Obviously, that's for big electrical electrical vault fires, ship fires, you know, stuff that's of a big volume. But you're not going to bring a big CO2 truck out to a Tesla fire, right, or, or an EV fire. You're going to use something else for that. Well, we're, uh, but what does that what does yeah. that look like? Well, and that's it, right? But I think that's what's ex- that's what's really interesting right now too is that you know, you start looking at departments that are having interactions. I mean, lithium ion fires are happening everywhere, right? And and so on, but you're finding more so in your urban settings that uh, like New York City's going to daily fires now caused by lithium ion batteries and so on. And I think after this Christmas, it's only going to get worse across the country because so many kids are going to wake up to getting a scooter or an e-bike or something under the tree that that requires, you know, uh, that type of um, energy. And and so I know uh, locally we've had a bunch of Tesla fires lately, and there's a there's a lot of conversation about well, how are we dealing with it? How are we how are we extinguishing these fires? How what resources are need? What do apparatus need to be able to do? You have to maintain X amount of fire flow, and for how long? And a lot of times vehicle fires could be on highways and things like that where you don't have a, a, a you know a municipal water supply. So like 
all these things are factoring in. And I love that's what I love about the fire service, though, is that we're constantly evolving based on what's being thrown at us from society. Right. So yeah. what are what and, are you seeing? Have to be. Yeah, and and so on the apparatus end for the electrical vehicle fires per se, right? Like potentially there might be a need for something different with the pumps or being able to deliver X amount of flow or or whatever, right? There's there's so many things that are happening, and that's why I think it's so critical for a position like yours where you have to stay current so you can keep your people up to date. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, the, one of the biggest question marks right now is. The, the only way that we currently have to extinguish an EV fire is tens of thousands of gallons of water. And obviously right. we don't carry tens of thousands of gallons of water. I mean, we see um, some component out there that you can deliver it from underneath the vehicle. There's a, uh, I think a, there's a truck out there that is a container essentially full of water that you just pick the car up with a crane and drop it in. I don't know if you've, across that yeah I, I, I saw that i think it's a european model to be perfectly honest with you and i think another one i saw was like a homemade job um but yep. in reality right here's the, here's the thing like you're looking at these vehicle fires are not happening every day in every jurisdiction so to be able to afford an infrastructure that has the potential for something like that is going to be much more regional or countywide or district wide or whatever, right? And putting those, Definitely. putting that in place. But like, is that a realistic approach? I, I don't think so, right? So you know, we're we're. I think you're going to see a lot of creative means and ways to combat these issues before we find what we what we tend to find as the standard for how we're going to combat you know electrical vehicle fires. And I think it's just going to take time. And, and it's going to take more fires and more ingenuity and more, you know, listen, a lot, of the, a lot of the best stuff that comes to market is stuff that's designed by firemen in the workshop of the firehouse, right? So I'm curious to see what comes down the road and, and, uh, and, and how we combat that to be the norm. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. these are all interesting topics, though, because manufacturers have to address them. And when you're building fire apparatus that are going to be going to fires that are evolving – you have to be sure that your apparatus uh, reflects today's response. Definitely. Yeah. And, and you kind of hit on it. You know, what, what are we going to devise in, in the fire, in the firehouse that's going to eventually help us down the road? We are working because, on it, my friend. Man, it's like you're, it's like you're on the inside scoop of what we're doing here. But yeah, or something. I, I, don't I know. think what, I think what we have to do is we have to, um, we have to lower our guard enough to be open-minded to other possibilities, right? We're, we're so yeah. steeped in how we do things and the tradition of who we are. And I'm not one to buck any trend. I'm not here to buck tradition. I'm not here to, to flip the script on anyone. But what I am saying, though, is I'm always interested to see what's out there. There are plenty yeah. of things that are out there that are opened up to us now that we have a global market where we have the abilities to see what other people are doing in other parts of the world, why would we not pay attention? And, and I think progressive departments are, especially large urban departments like a New York City, Los Angeles, places like that, where they have the resources and the abilities, they're certainly looking at the global market and they're working as partners with manufacturers across the globe to find ways to find a solution to what we're doing and, and to combat issues. And so that's exciting to me because we can't bury our heads in the sand and we can't pretend that the Tesla fire is not going to happen on our highway in our jurisdiction and we're going to be fine and oh, we'll just flow water for four hours. I mean, it's just not a realistic conversation. There's going to have to be ways that we combat fires like that and we have to be open to alternative methods other than what we know right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, who wants a, a tanker task force running for four hours on a major highway because you have to put out one car? Yeah, right. It's, it's, feasi yeah. feasibly, it just doesn't, you know. Yeah, and the danger and the dangers that come with it, right? We, yeah, we, we, you know, we put ourselves into burning buildings because we fight fire from the inside out, and we're there for the people. When you have a vehicle fire burning on the side of a highway, there's nobody in the vehicle. There's no immediate life hazard. We then need to fight that fire smartly, right? And and yeah. so it, it's just, it's that conversation. But we need to be open-minded, and we certainly need to look at other alternatives. And, and I think 
we always get pushback when we talk about European markets. We talk, we get pushback when we talk about, you know, uh, different trends or different ways of fighting fires, different helmets, different pump style, different ways we stretch. Yeah, all of it. But it, it's true. And listen, you you can't let solid decision making be interfered by personal opinion. You just can't do that. And so, you know, right. I think that's where that's where we get into a lot of trouble in the fire services. We believe that our personal opinion matters over the science. And, you know, in some things it can. In other things it shouldn't, you know. And I think we have to be smart about that. But so what's next? Let's give let's get back to you and Siddons Martin. What's next for you guys? What's happening? What's trending right now? Um, and so on. What are you seeing? So uh, the, the biggest thing for us right now is spooling up our loose equipment division. Okay. Um, we are seeing the industry go to more of a turnkey purchase where they want the fire truck and the equipment mounted, ready to go. And all that all we got to do is when you deliver it, drive to the station and get in the truck and respond to calls. Um, very much everyone I think is, is recognizing the value that that adds so that when the truck is there, it's not sitting for, four or five months, um, you know, maybe doing some internal department build out and yeah. instead of it's pushing that responsibility onto us. So that is, that is really our number one focus right now is, is getting that up and running. And I mean, we are, we are light years ahead of where we were last year and we continue to grow that way. Um, well, it's a turnkey approach, right? So it's, it's, it is. it's, it is absolutely a turnkey approach. What you guys are doing is building a way to deliver a solution. You're not just providing right. a truck and then saying good luck with it. You guys are providing that full source solution from the day you decide to build one to the day it's delivered to the day it needs its first oil change to the day that you're pulling that Hearst equipment off the front bumper to go cut somebody out of a car. It's all consideration in the process, right? So you guys are building a solution as a company. Right. Yep. And that is our main focus is become yeah. that one-stop shop for everything, not yeah. just fire trucks ambulances, police cars, command vehicles, boats. Uh, I mean, you, anything equipment-wise, anything service-wise, if you need any body work, if you need to uh, get some graphics, we, we want to be that single-stop shop for everything your department needs. Yeah, that's cool. Well, listen, man, it, it is, uh, it's been fun to watch, and I think for you to be affiliated with a company like that um, is exciting because it allows for a lot of opportunity and growth, which you're seeing through your new position with them, which I think is great. And, uh, you know, the sales support manager, I think it's such a critical position. I think you're going to see more distributors making a position like that where they where they recognize the need to remain current and stay strong in the market. They're going to have to do more to bring more to the table because I, I think that's how people are winning and companies are succeeding is by educating the customer, making a better customer out of them and for, forging relationships that are more collaborations and not, uh, you know, uh, not end user to, you know, sales. And, and so I think that's important. And I think you guys are doing a very nice job in that. So I wish you incredible success, brother, with all of it. And uh, looking forward to some of the projects we have coming out. You and I shot some content uh, a couple weeks ago uh, in my yep. hometown. And uh, that was fun. We talked about, uh, what did we do? We did low dollar, high impact, low dollar solutions when or considerations, yep. right? Yeah, budget items that build a better truck or provide better value. So for a little bit, a little bit of coin for a big impact. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, I think that it was a, it was fun. We shot probably about fifteen different pieces of content. We're getting it all edited now, and that's gonna hit uh, that will hit social in the next month or so. Um, I think it was fun because going through it, I didn't even realize some of the things we talked about, um, and and. Every time in an apparatus build, guys are like, oh, if you do that, that's another couple thousand dollars. You know, oh, God, you want a windshield wiper? That's $10,000. Like, everybody thinks that everything costs so much. And it, it's it's not that it's an inexpensive build, but there are a lot of things you can do to get a tremendous bang for your dollar when you're building apparatus. And so I think that those pieces of content that you and I filmed uh, that day are going to bring a lot of um, – a lot of thought to the build process for people where for a few dollars invested into a, a, a large build, like a new truck, you're going to get a massive return on it. Absolutely. The devil's in the details when it comes to the apparatus spec, I love know, what, what small little details can you do to provide a big impact down the road? And, and 
if you look, overall look at the budget, you know, what might cost a couple thousand dollars over a 20 year truck, that's, that's well worth the cost in my mind. You know, Cer- if it's certainly if you're getting a re- Benny. Yeah. Certainly if you're getting a return on it. Right. And, and absolutely. I, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well. And I think that that topic that we did, mm-hmm. we could, we could subsec a subsection that into what do you do on a bumper? What do you do in a sure. cab? What do you do in a pump? There's so many sections of the fire truck that we can have these little segments on that just down the road, I think will just make everybody it'll educate, you know, it's big on, you're big on the education. So am I, it'll educate everybody about, Hey, here's what you might want to do. An educated consumer is a better consumer. And, um, sure. you know, if you're going to, if you're going to take time to do homework on the tile, you want to lay in your kitchen or the TV, you want to hang on your wall that you better take time to learn how to build a fire truck in the process and also what you can do to better your return for your dollar. And um, absolutely. And I think with that, the sales support manager position is especially ingrained in, in being able to do that for the customer. And I, I believe that, uh, you know, the mission of education is important for you guys. So thank yeah, you, definitely. man. What a, what a great conversation today. I appreciate you. Yeah. And um, you know, this was Chris Carrero, Siddons Martin emergency group. Based out of the South, you're out of Texas. Everything is bigger in Texas, including the fire apparatus. I agree with you, 100%. Yes, sir. Yep. Well, brother, I appreciate you uh, joining me today for the episode. It was awesome. I think people are going to get a lot of benefit out of some of the nuggets we talked about on fire apparatus build and the process and so on. So I truly appreciate you joining me today and taking an hour out of your day. Hang with me, man. Thank you. Absolutely, brother. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, cool. Stay right there. Uh, I'm going to sign out, and then um, whatchamacallit, and then I'll get right back to you. So hang on, okay? Great. Guys, thanks for tuning in for another episode of National Fire Radio Podcast. What a great episode today. A little bit different than our norm, uh, you know, talking about fire apparatus today, which is a big, big push and big concentration on the National Fire Radio platform. Apparatus Innovations, if you search the hashtag Apparatus Innovations, all one word, you will find every piece of content we've done on apparatus build and design. Uh, We have a lot coming in 2023. Uh, with uh, a few new platforms that are going to be rolling out in regards to apparatus build. It's an exciting time for us at National Fire Radio, and we're excited to get that content out to you as the new year rolls in. So guys like Chris Carrera are making a difference in the fire industry. Young guy with a lot of knowledge, and uh, we'll put his contact information in the podcast narrative if you have any questions or, or thoughts about the episode or the apparatus build. And uh, thanks for tuning in. And do me a favor. Take what you heard today. Bring it back to the firehouse and talk about it. Because as we talk about the job, we make the job better. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you at the next one. Jeremy, National Fire Radio.